Hey, Gabriel Lake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? Today we're still in Menlo Park. <laughs> this of. is not Menlo Park, this is Rebel City, but okay. Uh, we had to leave Menlo Park to find a store. And to find a dive bar. And to find a store. <laughs> <laughs> so what if it was this time? This was my pick. I gave you two options, an Ingmar Bergman film and a Michael Haneke film. I don't know why I thought you might choose the Ingmar Bergman film, but you chose... The Haneke one. The Haneke one. Time the of Tommy the Wolf, Wolf. 2003, starring Isabelle Huppert. Well, to be completely fair, is that you didn't tell me that one of them was Haneke until I told you I had the feeling that one of the two is Bergman. And yeah. you told me that, yeah, the other one is Haneke. And you picked Hanukkah. Of course, I'm always going to be like Hanukkah. I didn't think you would after you hated it. Well, you didn't hate it, but Benny's video did not impress. No, Benny's video was like, dude, this, this is, yeah. I mean, it's like always that like he tries to just like destroy you from inside. I think that the Seventh Continent was the one that left me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure, and they die. Cool, nice. So, fun fact, Benny's video takes place in the same universe as Hour of the Wolf. In fact, the main boy's name is Benny. Yeah, we about that, and I was wondering, but he's not the same kid. Supposedly, it's in his universe. Like, he plays with these characters. That's what I read. I could be wrong. So, basically, he was doing, like, the Hanukkah cinematic universe. Yes. Where everyone is, like, fucking tormented. Sadness. Sadness. <laughs> okay. Uh... So why did you pick this? I mean, because you pick like two options. So the last podcast we reviewed Night is Short, Walk, Walk on, on Girl, Girl, and before that was the short story. Why would I have picked... Short story? Uh, sorry, not the straight story. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember why I picked this. I think I really... I think we had just wrapped up David Lynch's entire library, and I mm. want you to admit... What? You wanted uh, me to Hour of the Wolf time is David Lynch's inspiration, but then oh, you picked Hour of, or time, time of the Wolf. Time of the Wolf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, and I, I had seen this movie before. You have seen like this one, yeah. but you have also seen the other one. You have seen like both of them. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that I have to summarize it. We're not giving too much about the wall on this movie. But basically, the story follows Isabel Hooper and her two kids. And her husband. And her husband. I was going to, you know, like, get okay. into that, get into that. But they are, like, some Parisians. They are moving away from Paris. We see them, like, arriving at their weekend house. Um, the husband gets shot by a random family that is occupying their house. Then we learn that basically we are in a potentially post-apocalyptic future that supplies have run out but we don't know why we don't know like anything about like that war beyond that it's very much like the road in that way they don't bother explaining what happens you're just thrust into this world and you examine a, a parent's relationship with a child yeah but, uh, let me just summarize yeah, yeah, because please. I have like I have some thoughts about this but basically they follow this, is that they lost the father, then like the kid goes lost, they start like interacting with a wild kid, a wild boy. That is like he tries to steal everything around you. Almost feels like just for the sake of stealing. <laughs> because he steals some pretty fucking random things. Yeah. Because basically like from one day to the next is like the barter system has been installed as the only way of just getting things. That is insane to me, but let's just leave it there. 
um, then we see them like just fighting. I, I do think it's important to call out that all we know about whatever happened is that the livestock have to be killed and the water is contaminated, but that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but we're not giving like any additional that's explanation. They say that it's like supply is uh, is low, but when they say like supply is low, it's all supply. It can be like from gas, water, food, everything is low. Everything has disappeared from one day to the next, basically. But they had enough gas in their car for actually going from Paris to that weekend house in the middle of nowhere. To be fair, my last company had a like a crisis survival person come in and train us about what to do in the Bay Area. And the one thing the woman said from the Red Cross was like, I fill up my my car when it gets to half a gallon or half a tank. Because in an emergency, we all need to just drive as far away from we can. So maybe they just did that. They were just like, an emergency might come. We always have a full tank of gas. <laughs> Let's just leave that part. Let's just leave that part. But you already you already seen my facial expression that I have problems with this. Yeah. Then they actually see like a train. We are like given the idea that there is a train that is still like going around, and they they take like people. You know, like we see people there, and they are like taking supplies, and then they join like a commune of people that they are in a potential place where the train could stop or they could force the train to stop for actually riding it and going to a better place. No? Go on. Yep. <laughs> then we actually are giving like a bit of a story of uh, like the different people that they live there. Not to indeed, but it's that like we see like a family of uh, immigrants that only the wife speaks French. And everyone else, like the grandpas, the kids, the don't, the husband doesn't speak any French at all. Which the actors are from from Romania, mm -hmm. but they call them Polish in the film, so it's unclear about whether it was about xenophobia, all strangers are strange. Yeah. Or was that just an oversight? Uh, sure. Uh, but yeah, this commune is like driven by this guy that is like basically the leader because he has a gun and women actually exchange even sexual favors for whatever they may need. Otherwise, is that they would exchange everything. The kid is still around, but he gets kicked out of that commune like pretty quickly because he steals something from someone, like sunglasses, if I recall correctly. And they just cut it at that point, and they just kick him out. But the daughter, as she's a teenager, she has a crush on the bad boy, and she has the feeling that she needs to fix them. And then, uh, oh my god, is it a lot of stuff happens and at the same time, not much stuff happens. So at that point, like the murderer of Isabella's repairs. Correct, yeah, that's so sad. They yeah. run into yeah. the commune and. I yeah. mean, that's about it. There's some more. Yeah, and then the last scene, spoiler alert, but it's like, what, 20 years old, is that the kid. I wanted to ask you this because I didn't get it, but did I miss something? The kid is about to jump into a fire. Yeah. Like he actually like just dressed down like completely, and then one of the people in the commune. I thought that it was like for a second I thought that it was that the guy that shot his father, but it was not. No, it was, it was not. not. It was like someone else in the commune. It's like he runs there and he saves the kid. It's like dude, don't believe like some of the random stories that you have heard. They are not true. It's like 
and then he starts like just like making up other stories, like random stories <laughs> along the way. That he's like, what is the? He's point? trying to make the kid feel better. Yeah. And that's it. Then the closing credits are basically like something that looks like a train because they are like basically waiting for the train to take him then to a place where supplies still exist. But I think that that final scene, you don't see the train, but you're on a train. You're on a train. Yeah. And I think that is supposed to be an indication that there is something out there and like a surprising sign of hope maybe so if i had to say you know is that we have watched like many movies by Harry i still have like one or two more to watch when we watched uh the seventh continent i felt like eh? You know, like, eh, I don't know where, where, where this is going. It's like, okay. cool, you know? I felt that way, but I liked it a little more than you, but I felt that way. Yeah. yeah with this one, I just felt like this is not the right story for Hanukkah. It requires, like, a lot... The definition of suspension of disbelief is something that you have to apply here. And also, I just feel like Hanukkah is pretty good about, like, just, like putting situations that is like, hey, Humans, we tend to think, and movies tend to tell us that it's like we are not assholes. And Haneke is usually trying to tell you that no, we are all inherently assholes. Maybe on the right situations, or maybe for no reason at all. But it's like we may be assholes. The White Ribbon, no reason at all. Benny's video, no reason at all. Amor is like you are not supposed to be an asshole, and they are assholes. I, I think. But Hanuk- on this one. I just feel it's like, this is like a post-apocalyptic narrative that is like, hey, this is like you are giving me circumstances where everyone is going to be an asshole. It's like we have watched like many TV shows, many movies where people have to fight for their survival. It's like this is the situation where people can become assholes. Yeah, but I, I think, in my opinion, Michael Haneke has an interest into stripping down his human subjects into the purest, most raw emotions possible. And he does that in different ways. He explores it in different contexts. So Amora was about uh, debilitating terminal illness. Uh, the White Ribbon was about a town and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. In Funny Games, it was just like pure panic. Here, he was interested, in my opinion, about exploring just pure panic and fear. But everyone, everyone has pure panic and fear. And in my opinion, that's not as interesting as like his last film Happy End? Yes, where he has the African immigrants well they come into a very like posh like luncheon for French white people Yeah, yeah, yeah. but the thing is like all of these movies that we are describing is that they're grounded in reality this is not this is not grounded in reality they're giving you like some premises of hey, something really bad happened I'm not going to be like getting into details but it's like people will behave like this and it's like yeah Probably they will, but it's like we have seen like many other media that they do the same story. What I find appealing, like Cassette, for example, is that you are giving me like a story, it's like grounded in reality that they actually dig into the difference, you know, like in social status, yeah, yeah. other things. This one doesn't give me anything because the whole social schema that we have is like it's thrown through the window in a situation like this. So at this point, like, dude, you can tell me whatever the fuck you want because it's not going to be like a movie that I find interesting from the narrative they usually have. And that's what I was trying to say is that I, I think the success of his other films is the context around this stripping down of everything. So like with Funny Games, we see this affluent family, they think they're on vacation, something horrible happens. Yep. Here it's just, 
everything happens as you would expect, yep. and the characters are not particularly compelling. At all. In fact, I read a review, not the New York Times, but someone said, if I had to experience this, I wish I had to ex suspend the last um, days of civilization with people who were more interesting, and I was like... <laughs> I mean, he, it was very accurate. In fact, I objected to when you said this wasn't based in reality because I feel like this is almost too realistic. I mean, this is just what would happen in, a, in an emergency. That is, like, people wouldn't be interesting or you wouldn't know. But the thing is, like, sometimes he gives, like, some kind of uh, insight. Like, when she's uh, trading, like, some uh, cigarette with this girl for some food, and then she says, uh, oh, he had, uh, he had sex with the leader of the commune, but like, I think that is the one of the justs. And he's like, what the fuck is this? Is that you're giving me, like, background about this girl that she's, like, bad city insane? I agree. I was also very much reminded of Blindness by Jose Saramago, not the... The book or the terrible? The book. Okay. <laughs> and I just thought, like, Jose Saramago, Jose Saramago had something interesting to yep. say. It was yep. new. It was philosophical. Yep. Michael Hennigan didn't! I mean, everything was there. The clinical feeling of being yeah, yeah, yeah. in this world, but yeah, there's nothing... It was nothing... directed by him. Yeah. Definitely was directed by him. But it was like, for me, it was like, dude, this is not a story that you should be wasting your talent in. I agree. Yeah, it's that you can just leave, like, the rubber... Was it the rubber? Which one? Like the Austra it was Australian. No, it was like a post-apocalyptic one that it was like... Oh, the rover. rover. The rover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least there was a dog in that. No, that was, that's true. And it was not even a dog. There were horses, and they killed the horses. And I'm pretty sure they killed a real horse, and that fucked me up. I yeah, was I was like out. about to search it, you know, because I was like the last part of the movie. I like a moment ago, know. and I was like, no, I know, no, because they actually got the horse and the blood. And he did that in Cachet, too. Fuck you. Like, Michael Haneke, come on. Yeah, well, I mean, there were like the 2000s, and it was French? Germany, French, French. I guess. Yeah. Cassette? Oh, oh no, it's Cassette's French. Cassette is French, but what is what is this film? This is French too. I mean, they talk about Paris, what? and they are like on the yeah. outskirts of Paris. You think France wouldn't be open to that? But whatever. It's just for the arts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, it wasn't the technical precision, the visual. Yeah. It's all there. Yep. And this isn't as bad for me as The Seventh Continent, but it's not any of the movies that we really like, like uh, The White Ribbon, Funny Games, it's, it doesn't even come close. No, no, it's like a, a league. It, this almost feels like uh, this was the first movie that he ever directed. Yeah, I can see that. No, 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 I understand. about like, hey, I still don't know what I like to do, so I'm going to be like just doing this. And let's see exactly how it pans out. Because like a part of me is like, dude, if you're trying to make like something sci-fi here, you are not digging into it. If you're trying to do like a social drama, you are not digging too much into the characters or the differences, you know. Even like with the part when the uh, murder like shows up, I just felt that like you could do like way more here. And they just like, well, I could flip a coin because I cannot believe you one versus the other. And they repeat the same scene later with the immigrants. When it's like, oh, you know, you're saying that this person like kills someone. It's like, well, I don't know, just cut it out. It's like, dude, I feel like completely uninterested. Yeah, I agree. It's not an interesting film. Yeah. So when I watched this the last time, I was like, I don't know, let's say 25. And I found it. I thought the film was brilliant in that I constantly wanted more. And it wasn't giving me anything that was satisfactory, which is what all the characters were going through. Yeah. And I thought, 
is but that what this, the point? It's a this, no, you know the thing that I was thinking is that there is like some difference on this movie compared with other Haneke movies. That is like most of the Haneke movies, they end in a very, very, very bad spot. All of them. Funny games. Games in the best yeah, yeah, fight, yeah. Yeah, Funny Games, White Ribbon, Rennie's Video, Rennie's No, Rennie come on, in Funny Games yes. they put the family out of their misery. That was, that was mercy. <laughs> <laughs> you want to look at that, you know, when he even rewinds, it's like, no, 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 you're not going to be like getting a happy ending. Uh, but in this one, it actually is the other way around. That is, like, in all of the misery, it's like at the end, it ends up in a okay spot that they save the kid. They save the kid in the moment. It's like they won a battle, not the war. True. I, I mean, the, the war is still die all of them. The last, know? like, 20 minutes is just watching people sob quietly in the dark. Look, those 20... So, I was this in two cities. It's like, first I was, like, a one hour, like, yesterday or two days ago. And I felt bored. bored. It's a boring movie. Yeah. It is. And then on this one, it's like, today I actually was, like, the other hour. And I just... The last 30 minutes or the last 40 minutes, it was like, what the fuck? When they actually just like get the other convoy of people, I just felt that look. And this is probably the most uninteresting movie that I watched in a very long time. I mean, even if the insane conditions he put his characters under, I just looked it up. He wrote the script. It's not based on anything. If they had discovered something shocking and horrifying about themselves, yeah. even that would have made it worth it. But like, we just saw people react how we would all react in that situation and then the movie ended. Yeah, no, I... I feel sad. I feel honestly sad. I feel... I, we shouldn't have done this right after finishing David Lynch because I no. feel like our expectations are super high. No, I think this is the wild at heart. He's wild at heart. You don't think the Seventh Continent is his wild at heart? No, that's his doom. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's fair. Come on. Is that David Lynch had like two turns. Yeah. There were one I heard and you. You know, is that this is bad. But with Michael Haneke, aren't you feeling like he has more flops than like successes? I don't think so, dude. I honestly, we can, we can review. He has like a lot of uh, TV movies that I never watched and I don't know. No, no, no. Let's only talk about feature length yeah, films with yep. him. Like a stuff that probably he actually spent like a year like writing the script and everything. That's a that child actress that plays Isabel's daughter. I liked her a lot. That's it was good. She yeah. also looks like a French Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, that's true. Yeah, now you mentioned it. Well, I mean, I guess I haven't watched *Code Unknown*. I haven't watched *Late Seventy-One Fragments*. *Happy End*. No. *Happy End*. Yeah. I have still three movies. You haven't watch. watched The Kingdom. Why The Kingdom? Is that a movie? Yeah, and it stars uh, Ulrich Mew, the guy who starred in The Lives of Others before he died. The same guy oh. from Funny Games. Oh. And no, it's, it's like an father, adaptation yeah. of a Kafka novel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More the piano. Game. No, I mean, the guy is no, still... The, the guy is solid. The guy is like, He's really important. solid. He's Yeah. 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 I mean, there, there's no other... The thing that I appreciate about Haneke is that he does the cinema that he likes, like grounded in reality. It reminds me of some kind of way to Asghar Farhadi. It reminds you of what? Of Asghar Farhadi. Okay. From the perspective, like no one is going to be happy here. But it's like he, he goes like a step further. Asghar Farhadi usually like just blames on society. He's like Haneke blames it in 
the human nature. It's like yeah. the antithesis of Capra. Sorry, yeah, Frank Capra. And also, you and I have been having a discussion recently about the relationship between, well, comedy and what's appropriate today. Also, I feel like Hanukkah is exploring xenophobia and his films are judgmental about those with xenophobia. But at what point does he just perpetuate xenophobia? Because the African immigrants are the bad guys in Happy Endings. Yep. Happy Ending. It's the... Ro I it's like walking a very fine line, I feel like. And yes, this is 20 years ago. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like he also wants to provoke in some kind of way, you know? Yes. From the perspective, say, do you feel bad? Do you feel bad? Like, hey, poor those there, those immigrants that they are like being treated like this. I said, what about <laughs> if they were like the bad guys? If they were truly the bad guys, it's similar to the White River. Isn't the white ribbon is that the kids, the kids will never do something like that. But what if they do? How do you react to that? And it, I was thinking about it today. I was thinking about like, uh, you didn't watch uh, Dogville, but you watch Manderley. Yeah. Manderley is a similar kind of thing. In that what? It, it walks the fine line? It was like a bit of a fine line between like, hey, she wants to liberate the slaves. But also at the same time, the slaves treat her like seeds. I always had the feeling that Dogville and Manderley is like, hey, this could be like an avant-garde version of a Hanukkah movie. Yeah, I feel like um, like Michael and Hanukkah are related, but like... Michael if, and Hanukkah? Sorry, Lars von Trier and Michael Hanukkah. <laughs> but if they were like fruit, yeah. Lars von Trier has gone a little bit rotten. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I just feel, we always mention that we have like several directors that we really appreciate, that we always mention like all the time, it's like Haneke, Gaspar Noe, we mention it a lot. It's and we David Lynch, Gaspar Noe, um, Lars von Trier, Lars von Trier, those are the four, those are our four big ones. I would say so, yeah. And then for me it's Ingmar, and for you it's Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder, yeah. I mean, I like uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Denari too, quite a bit too. I mean, I wouldn't put it at the same level, but it's like, maybe with time, who knows? Yeah. But I mean, the, it's more like those other are a bit more of our tears of we do whatever the fuck we want. And like, this is a movie of whatever the fuck I want, but I don't think that it's like, this is not a fuck that you should want. It's I... not like Walt Disney presents <laughs> Michael Haneke's movie. <laughs> I agree with you, and I think this is a failed experiment on Michael Haneke's part. I don't know how I'm going to score it, but I also feel like even at his least interesting, Michael Haneke's fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's talking about... Well, he's fun to talk about because we have watched like a lot of his stuff. But if we haven't, if we hadn't, just imagine that this is the first movie that we watched by him. Yeah, I would... I wouldn't watch anything else by him. I don't think that's true about yourself, and it's not true about me. I think there's enough there that you would be like, this guy is interesting, let's see what else he has to say. I really do believe that. You can tell the direction is so unique and solid. Let's let's not use the word solid. It's so interesting to me that I would be like, okay, maybe I'm going to hate this, but I'm going to watch two more of his movies, 100%. Let's just say that... You have a, he has a way of saying things, 
everybody watching this movie, I don't know if the things that he can say are interesting. If I was Cassé... Just considering this movie. Just considering this movie. If I was Cassé, like the first movie, I would be like, holy shit. This was amazing. Oh, funny, yeah, that it was like the first one that I was back in. He's like, I am afraid of this guy because he can just like push my bullets. No, this movie is like, he just let me, like, this guy can bore me. I don't disagree with your reasons. I come to a little bit different conclusions, but I totally get what you're saying. 100%. I. This makes Michael Haneke a little bit less of a god to me and more like, okay. But you have watched this already. I had, but I remember loving The Seventh Continent. When we rewatched it, I was like, oh. Uh, yeah. When I rewatched this, I was like, this was just kind of boring and not interesting. Um, Benny's video was not a super successful rewatch. It was good. Benny's video no, no, is still... No, it's, it's always the, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still remember, like, a lot about, like, Benny's video. And we discussed, like, a lot about, like, hey, if something has, like, impact on you, you are going to remember it, you know? And for me, it's, like, Benny's video, I remember, like, quite a bit of uh, D&D. Well, I'm when the kid murders a girl, but it's, like, it's just... Spoiler alert. <laughs> sure, it's not the movie, come on. But the ending, he just left me like, holy shit, what an asshole. What an asshole now, <laughs> not before. <laughs> but you can kind of see Isabelle Huppert and the dead dad doing that for their rich kids. Sorry, there was. Sorry, if you assume that Benny and Benny's video is the same Benny as here, I can absolutely imagine Anna Laurent and her husband George doing something shitty to protect their rich, privileged kids. True, but the kids here are not assholes. I mean, no, like, the but girl is like a bit mess or whatever, it's like a teenager. But it's there's like a, a victim decided on. Usually it's a group in whatever of Hanukkah's movies it is. And in yep. this situation, it's the family. But in another situation, that family wouldn't be the victim. But what I feel is like, and this is the problem, everyone is a victim here to some extent. In Hanukkah's world or this no, movie? No, in this movie. Which is know. why it's a flop. Yep. It's like, I just feel it's like, dude, it's like, usually, or, no, the thing is that, for example, like, Amor is like, the husband is a victim, but at the same time, it's a vehicle for just saying, it's like, you may think that your 50 years of love prepares you for just, like, anything, and it's like, no, it doesn't, bitch. Who is the child in Amor? Isabel in Amor. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the daughter. I was thinking it was Elizabeth Coleman for a second. No, 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 no. It was French too. Yeah, I it was think I'm confusing Iron Maiden. She's um, Iron Maiden, the Iron Lady. <laughs> Sorry, she's the daughter of of Margaret Thatcher. Of Margaret Thatcher in the Iron Lady. So I think I'm confusing this too. Okay, maybe. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm giving myself too much credit, but I think if I saw this in a movie theater, I'd be like. I'm gonna watch what he watch what he releases next, but I don't think this is a good movie. So. No, no, I'm sorry. This, this is not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Should we uh, go over the questions? Yes. All right. So, Jose, would you watch this again? No. I don't think that even if he's playing on TV, you know, and it's like the only TV that we have. I think that I would read a book, and I rarely read. I don't blame you, but I feel like, as imperfect as it is, it's still important to watch interesting cinema, and this is interesting even if it failed. Let me just say something. You gave me two choices, 
time on the wall and the hour on the wall, I chose Bronley. I mean, every time you don't choose Ingmar Bergman, you've chosen wrong. Uh, that's a bit of an adventurous statement, but sure. Alright, would you recommend this? Uh, no. No, I cannot think about like because it's always about like post-apocalyptic drama or whatever. I wouldn't recommend this. Even um, the road was a spectacular failure as a film. I would recommend the road before this. Yep. Yeah, my answer is no. Viggo Mortensen, no. And uh, Charlize Theron. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> would you remember this? Uh, yes and no for avoiding it. Yeah, I remembered an alarming amount for watching this twenty years ago. Uh, is there anything artistic about it? Yeah, I mean, his directing is good, the acting is really good, Isabel Hooper is amazing, but... I would say uh, solid direction, and Isabel is fantastic, but she disappears at some point into this enormous cast. Yeah. Also, there were three pretty big French directors as actors in this, which oh, is wow. weird. Yeah. Um, is it timeless? Yes, I mean, I guess that it is, but... My answer is also yes with a shrug. Yeah. I mean, I won't care about this in 10 years as much as I don't care about exactly. it now. Would you turn it into a TV show? Definitely not. Yeah. Me. We have like better like Walking Dead, The Last of Us, like shows exactly like this. Uh, could this have been a short? Yes, please. Yeah, this is a rare situation where less would have been more. Less Hanukkah would have been more. Yep. And do you think this movie could have been better? Definitely, yes. But the thing is, like, it could have been better from the perspective that this is not the right movie for Hanukkah. I agree. This movie could have been better and he should have written a different script. Yep. All right, well... Uh, all that's left is to score this. This was my pick. No, technically... So my score is going to be a 4. A 4? Oh, a 4 out of 10. I never thought that I would score like a movie, a Hanukkah movie, like this low. But if I think about like, do I want to watch it again? Did I have like fun? Did I find it interesting? Is that everything is a no. I... I want to give it more. I mean, I want to give it like I mean, a 5.5 or a 6, but it's like, dude, if I had to be honest, if I don't want to be like a Hanukkah fanboy, like this is a flop. Yeah, for me, this is a 5.25, and I picked that score out like 20 minutes ago, so... Uh, okay, so 4 for you, 5.25 for me. Again, I'm not trying to uh, be an apologist for this film, but at the end of the day, this is more interesting than anything we could go watch in theaters right now, in my opinion. Even the Tony Collette Mama Mafia, directed by Catherine Hardwick at the opera right now. I disagree. I think that even Super Mario Bros. movie would actually <gasps> be more interesting than this. At least it would be more enjoyable, too. It's like, I didn't take anything of this Did movie. Did we pick next week's movie just now? Because I'm pretty sure <laughs> we did. <laughs> No, we are not going to record about the Super Mario Bros. We should actually record about like the 90s, the 90s movie. We because should. Because that one is, yeah. is, is something. Um, but no, dude, I, I'm sorry, but it's like I, I'm always like down for different experiences, you know? It's like I go to the Gen C scale a lot. I've been there. 
you have. And uh, I just feel like this is extremely unimportant. Yeah, it, it's unimportant. That doesn't mean it's poorly made. No, no, no. It's well made, but it's unimportant. You see, like, you know, like, for example, we're talking about, like, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once or Amelie, that is, like, these are good movies, but they are not transcendental movies. Yeah. It's like, this movie is well made, but it's not transcendental nor important. I agree. It pains me to say it, but I yeah. agree. And it's like the part of it is like, I want to complete the rest of the Haneke movies, but now I'm just like, I like went already over the peak, and now everything that I have left is going to be a turd. Now that I've rewatched some of them, I can guide you, I think. I can be like, this is a better one. This is one you might skip. Okay, <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it offline. Yeah. But yeah, for the next movie, I was thinking, when I when we talk about like a mighty sword, walk on go, I wanted to actually just change other movies about drinking. And I wanted to give like Terry Gilliam another chance, so I want us to watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. As long as it's not leaving Las Vegas, <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Do you know like the joke that we used to have in Spain? Well, I mean, I think that everywhere, like they say that it's like a, people say that it's a Nicolas case. We have an expression in Spain that is a you wouldn't do something not even drunk. That is that when you are drunk, it's like randomly you have like a different set of skills. And people used to say like, Nicolas Cage would never win an Oscar, not even drunk. <laughs> and he actually was like, he had to actually be drunk in a movie for actually winning an Oscar. I would be down for watching Living Las Vegas at some point because I watched it in the cinema back then when it was released. All right. Fair but enough. for now, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas with Johnny Depp. All right, let's do it. All right. Um, to everything else out there listening to us, wash your hands. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>